0: You're listening to Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing. Welcome, welcome everybody. This is episode 51 of Cards and Cubes, where we're going to talk about our top three kinds of games to play at conventions. We're your hosts. I'm Trevor. I'm Cristo. And Haristo, we're going to kick this episode off by talking about disgusting things. Well, actually, mm. not, not such disgusting things. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about... Um, well, I came across a game recently. I think that's currently on Kickstarter. Um, or I, I had heard about it. And I had this experience. I don't know if you've ever had this before. Where you, like, you start hearing about a game. The, me- the mechanisms sound cool. And then you hear about the theme and you're just kind of like, I don't care about that theme, but oh, sure, we'll still play the game. I don't know if a if, uh, theme has ever been so important to you that it's kind of turned you away from a game.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about it. I don't know if there's been like such a bad theme. Usually, actually, the more boring themes can be kind of interesting, Um If anything, I would actually say for me as a weird nerd, I guess, Uh, I don't like uh, kind of fantasy creatures so much, Uh, but there's obviously exceptions to everything. I can totally think of like seasons as full of fancy creatures, but I'm thinking of kind of games that are kind of fantasy like dueling or arena type games. Those are kind of the games that don't really appeal to me for some reason. But actually, as far as themes go, I think like the weirder, the better maybe. Um, I think you can make some games with pretty interesting themes and kind of adds to the experience sometimes. I don't know yeah i haven't really been turned away actually speaking of which we talked about prodigals club last time that's a a theme that i initially didn't like but the game was kind of so good that it overcame the theme because i just don't care about like uh i mean it's like a novelty thing of like you're trying to like waste the most money so it's a negative game as opposed to like positive games where you're usually like building up a supply of money but the theme was just kind of like dumb to me, and I was like, what is this? But the <laughs> yeah. game turned out to be really good, so I think that kind of overcame the theme in some ways. So, yeah, kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I think that's true in general. If the if the mechanisms and the game design is solid, then the theme can kind of uh, do whatever it wants, I suppose. But it is nice to have the mechanisms sort of match what you're doing thematically.
1: Yeah, actually, I should say I'm not a huge fan of Civ games, even though I've played a few that are actually really good, but initially when I see some kind of a Civ game like Antike 2 or something, or, you know, like generic like fans, uh, civilization building themes, like the Greeks versus the Persians or something, initially, usually I'm kind of very skeptical that I'm going to like it, but I mean... Gentis is like really good so like I say there's exceptions to <laughs> yeah. everything apparently which Gentis yeah. is like just about the most generic Civ theme that you can come up with doesn't even have a like specific era or anything uh, maybe, maybe it, no actually I don't think it does I read the rule book and I don't remember any like thematic tie-ins it's just like this is your tribe like the it has carpenters <laughs> yeah. or something it's like yay so, although with yeah.
0: Gentis maybe the the thing about it that makes it less of a problem for you that it's a Civ game is that it's kind of a lighter Civ game in yeah. comparison to like large Civ games.
1: Also, it doesn't have the fighting element, which usually is present, or like the trading element. Some kind of like uh, usually those games have like a fighting area control and trading elements, which I'm not super huge on in like a longer game. I don't know. Uh, there's some just weird mixes of mechanics that I'm not a fan of, and yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah. yeah. There was this, um, the, uh, the game that prompted this discussion for me was I'd, I'd been listening to, I forget which podcasts or watching something and I missed the, so I guess I wasn't paying attention when they said the name of the game first, and then they started talking about oh, this is a game where, you know, you've you've got works with different worker types, and you know, I've started my ears start perking up, it's like oh, that sounds interesting, and then it's like, we've got some card drafting with variable player powers, and then, you know, you've got to manage your hand, and there's an area majority component to it, and so I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, and then they're like, and the game is Scarface 1920, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Well, the game was... I mean, the game could still be really cool, but I just, like, am not really excited by that, so I just... uh I, I wondered if you'd ever had an experience where you were kind of getting excited about a game and then saw it or or heard what the theme was and, and was just yeah, like
1: that. I, I think with that, it's kind of uh, maybe you associate it with take that because a lot of those types of games have take that elements like in really like dumb take that like in your face like, oh, I play this card and like you die or something. And yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I bet it's be. going to have take that because like any mobster game should have take that, I guess. Yes, but uh, for example, I really like uh, like Eric Lang's Godfather, so that's fine by me. Um,
0: we yeah. have you on record saying you like an Eric Lang game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that's like the most Euro Eric Lang game that he's ever done, and even that obviously has like majority f- than like trolling mechanics because that's Eric Lang obviously but uh it's like the most <laughs> yeah. I think it's the most like under control game that he's made possibly.
0: You can't take the take that and area control out of Eric Lang. Yep. <laughs> anyway that was just a, a random thought I had uh, coming into this episode but uh let's move on to some games played. All right, so the first game I want to talk about today is called Alchemists. This is... Actually, I might need your help on how to pronounce these names. Matus Kotri? I, d- I don't recognize how to pronounce some of these symbols.
1: Yeah, anyway, I don't know either, uh, to be honest. so yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just making uh, it up.
0: <laughs> I figured you would have a better idea. Um, but uh, this is published by Czech Games Edition, CG, and Alchemists is a really cool deduction game. Uh, so basically, thematically, I guess what you're doing in the game is you are trying to f- basically figure out what different combinations of ingredients, or what alchemicals different combinations of ingredients will create. Um, and the point of the game is, over six rounds, you try to find out as much information as you can so that you can then like publish theories and become the most well-renowned alchemists in the whole land um, and the way you get there is each each player has this really large screen in front of them a cardboard screen and um on the in inside of that screen, you have this triangle shape with basically a grid of intersecting uh locations where you will where the different ingredients intersect so basically the the mechanism there is when when you mix ingredients you'll insert a token corresponding to the symbol that they create there's three pluses and three negatives of different colors representing like health and insanity and things like that Um, and then you have a piece of paper to keep track of information that you learn and when your neighbors or other people at the table create or or do experiments, Um, they show you the results of their experiment, but not the ingredients of their experiment. So you can, I guess, try to pay attention to what kind of ingredients they're picking up and just pay attention to what they can make and and, um, try to learn what they know. And sort of the unique thing about this game is that it has an app that uh basically you scan the ingredients that you're testing and then the app tells you what they are um there is a way for you to play without the app but that basically means like somebody's not playing the game (laughs) and it's basically just like looking at a at a sheet of the ingredients and telling you what your what your uh experiments make um so, really quickly, the, the flow of a round is that uh, each player will select a spot on this, ter- on this um, initiative track, basically, and the initiative track gives different bonuses for whether you're going earlier or later in the round. And then uh, each player is allotted a certain number of action cubes, and they allocate those cubes on their turn to different spots around the board um and then once everybody has placed all their cubes the uh the board just resolves in order Uh, so you can kind of uh, plan your round out and you know there's there's spaces to pick up more ingredients there's place spaces to uh, sell your potions or sell potions to travelers there's places to buy artifacts then you can like uh posit a theory or disprove someone's theory and and you you can test your potions on students, uh, <laughs> or you can test them on yourself. Um, but if you re- test them on yourself, you run the risk of suffering the side efe- the bad side effects. I guess the only bad side effect of testing students is if you make them sick, it costs more, because then you have to pay them because of labor laws and all that. Um, overall, I just thought this game was such a cool system. I, I don't know that the deduction is incredibly deep for all those um deduction buffs out there but i think there's enough deduction there to make the game really interesting and really fun and and the reason i say that um i don't know if the deduction is super deep is because if if you do kind of the right combinations you learn you can learn a lot really quickly um and and so i don't i don't think that the deduction game itself is is um so deep that if like you could pull the deduction game out of the rest of the mechanisms and it would still be interesting. I don't think that would be the case, but with everything together, I think this is just a fantastic game. I don't, I don't know uh, how you feel about it after that last play. Here still.
1: Yeah. No, I like the game. I think it's very unique. Like you say, it kind of feels like a really huge Well, not huge actually, but like a Sudoku puzzle with like uh, worker placement and resource management to get the. things that are on the side like the numbers i guess <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like to me i don't know Or actually the reverse maybe you get like the results and you're trying to find out the numbers actually is what's happening but uh very kind of unique game i was actually looking at uh the designer that you mentioned i think it's like matthew Kotri or something or matthew Kotri probably uh that's his only game which is very weird um and also i didn't know on bgg but apparently if you're listed as a designer you get a, a personal forum <laughs> so that's pretty special but anyway there's some thre- thread from actually this year someone like asking uh any new games alchemist was such a great game anything new uh because yeah really weird this guy just came in and like made one game which is very not really like a standard board game um and kind of disappeared um, i don't know what he's doing lately he's
0: trying to become an alchemist.
1: Yeah, probably. Or maybe uh, actually if I were to guess with the, with the way the game feels, maybe he likes designing logical puzzles or something. Um, if he's doing that kind of stuff, I don't know what like anything about him. But uh, the game just feels like not really like a board game um, in some ways. Uh, half of it feels like a board game. Half of it feels like I say like a some kind of a logical or sudoku puzzle. But I think I like it. Um, I think it's very interesting because the game actually has a lot of lucky elements i would say even like Trevor was saying, you can test on a student and you can produce like a positive result, and the next person doesn't have to pay gold to the student to like keep encourage him, encouraging him to participate in weird science experiments. Uh, also, you can experiment on yourself and you get a negative effect sometimes, and it's like completely random. You don't know what you're doing at the beginning of the game, you have like no control. So it's almost like rolling the dice and seeing what happens to you. And sometimes things could be significant, but I think overall the package is very kind of compelling and unique enough and I think it was like the first and possibly the most uh, successful use of an app in a board game uh, to just kind of hold information and just like really cool overall. Um, I, I can recommend it if you are looking for something I think unique more than Like a standard board game because I think actually I can totally see how you could be actually disappointed if you go into this game kind of looking for something regular or the usual like resource conversion, resource management type of game because this is not it. And the, even the flow of the game is just very strange because sometimes you should like kind of push your luck and maybe look at what other people ha- or have proposed, but they can totally kind of lie about what they propose as theories. And if you rely on something that they're lying or they're guessing about, which can totally happen, it's bad. So there's just a bunch of this stuff, but it, like, it, it conveys the... I think, the feeling of research and science very well. So I think that's what's really cool about it.
0: Yeah, and then the game kind of pivots into... Uh uh know-it-all snobbery of i'm gonna disprove my colleagues at the end of the <laughs> or, <game>. yourself. <laughs> or yourself or yourself
1: yeah in uh <laughs> someone who was playing yeah. with us's case so yeah
0: yeah so like it, it's funny because at the end of the game you will have learned a lot more about what the alchemicals are and so you can look at the theories that people have published and basically by the by the final round, I looked around the table, and I was just like, "You guys are full of it. You're all wrong, <laughs> and so you just like go, you just like kind of try to figure out, okay, what experiment can I do that will prove you wrong?" because it will get rid of your stuff and then it will, get, it will give uh, give uh, me some reputation or popularity or whatever whatever that track is.
1: Yeah, um, we actually, sorry to, to interrupt, but I was going to say we actually played the variant, which was the uh, master variant or whatever. Uh, so that was especially complicated. And there's definitely, I'm just looking at the reviews actually, and someone was like, A horrendous learning curve, the tracks from the experience. I kind of agree, actually. It's pretty hard to explain the game. We spent a lot of time explaining the game. And it's not the mechanics of the game that you're having trouble explaining. I think it's like the logic system. Because the way you disprove things is very just like weird. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to explain what's going on, but basically there's a bunch of like logical things that people need to understand before beginning to play the game. Otherwise, they're just not going to get like any... Thing out of it, and explaining that is kind of a nightmare. Like uh, I was just kind of sitting there, and I was like, I don't even know how to like explain this clearly. You know, Um, it's it's tough to explain how the logical game works, but when you get it, I think it works, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, it's um, yeah, like you said, once you get it, it's not overly complicated, but it is, I think, unique, and for that reason, it takes a minute to to grasp it and then like you said it's it's just kind of tricky to teach it and and i don't know that there's really a great way to teach it but i think you just kind of have to experience it
1: yep and it does have the moments towards the end of the game especially basically uh, I, I had the situation and i think you had also a situation where like for 10 minutes literally like you're just sitting in front of the sheet and just thinking about uh, in my case it was i wanted to make Uh, potion because you make potions to like sell to these adventurers and like I didn't exactly know how to make it, but I wanted to figure out like the best odds of not failing to make it like based on what's kind of on the board proposed by other people in combination with what I know in combination with the ingredients I had. So like the intersection of all those things, you kind of go through them one by one, all the combinations it it just like takes forever sometimes. Uh, But anyway so it has those moments. I think actually Search for Planet X is very similar to this game and we have talked about it recently. It kind of does a very, very similar thing. I'd actually say Search for Planet X is like less on the game and even more on the deduction part. So if you like the deduction part, maybe that's the way to go, but it's also over kind of faster because the information becomes available more readily than Alchemist. Alchemist kind of a slower build up curve. Um, And yeah, also kind of a longer playtime. So just very, very strange game overall, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, but those moments that you're talking about also lead to really um high moments of excitement in the game. And also which,
1: memorable, I think. As yeah,
0: well. it's super memorable. And you might not think of a deduction game like that, but I just I remember one experiment in particular that you did where the, the reaction after you've got the right result was Ah oh, yes, 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 yes. So like it's yeah. it's just super exciting and memorable. So I I just think this game is just great. I I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I don't know if like the high the that that it's weird to be going for a high score in a game like that. I feel like you should be going for just like knowing the elements at the end of the game. But whatever, they made a game out of it.
0: Yeah, but it does make it hilarious too, right? Because that yeah. final round was just like, all right, how do I how do I show the world that the, that these other alchemists are morons? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So anyway, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Alchemists. Really actually looking forward to playing that one more.
1: Yep, uh, there's an expansion, I don't know what it does, but I think it will probably make the game part maybe more gamey, because I think the deduction part is the same, but there's like an extra, I think, worker placement space where it's not just selling potions. I think you can also contribute your knowledge to like building the King's Golem or something and like building parts for it or something. I don't know, I can't remember, but I thought it was like cool, sounded cool uh anyway i played uh at trevor's house actually a very unusual game that we don't usually play which is a uh, i think simon game right massive darkness yeah pretty sure it's a simon game uh game which is co-op i don't know if there's any missions which are not co-op i think the whole game I, is I co-op, think, co-op right yeah i
0: think the whole game is
1: co-op Maybe I don't know if there's even a module that's competitive, but uh, kind of a dungeon crawl game. Basically, you're trying to go through a mission, and the mission is kind of different every time. People say it's kind of like Zombie Side or something, or very similar. I don't know if it's really that similar to Zombie Side. I think it's kind of a different game. Uh, it has some some similar mechanics, and kind of the boards are very similar looking, and they used like some ideas I think mechanically from Zombie Side, but it of plays very differently i think like someone was saying this is more like uh uh there's some rushing i guess but more kind of like thinky and uh, strategic version of zombie side zombie side just kind of like all about just like zombies rushing towards you all the time and just you smashing them in the face this one is i think more kind of timing of different things to or maybe it's yeah. the mission we played because the mission we played was very specifically oriented towards timing specific things happening to happen in a very specific order. Maybe different missions have different feels, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, it is the same. It's the exact same design team. Um, so, and it, it came out after Zombicide. I think this was like a 2017 game, and Zombicide was maybe 2013, 2014, originally. Um, but basically, the way I describe this to people if they play Side, is this is Zombicide with more game to it. Because there's just, it, I think what they did is they took the zombie side system and, in my opinion, made it better.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it actually is better in some ways. Yeah, there's just kind of more interesting things happening. I think overall. But uh, yeah, uh by thought it was okay. Um, our specific play of it was just kind of odd. Uh, basically, I was joking about it because I contributed, I think, dying once was basically my, my contribution to the <laughs> yeah. mission. I think other people did most of the work. Maybe that's just me not understanding my character super well or something or just maybe not like being in the right place at the right time. But uh, yeah, well, one thing I actually didn't particularly like about it, or like the whole system, was there's all these miniatures because, like, Simon, you know what I mean? But they all get dropped in the same space and they're basically health cubes which is just like a terrible use for miniatures in my opinion uh they never spread out i don't know if it was just a mission we played or like the rules change at some point in the game but basically the way you use it is there's like a boss creature or something or like a mini boss or like a group leader or something squad leader it's a and mob you, it's
0: a boss
1: with a mob yeah The mob boss or something, but it's not like a boss, there's like five of them. Well, there were five of them in our game or something or six. There's a lot of them. Uh so they basically kind of stick together with all the other miniatures in the exact same square. And when you hit them, you have to hit the boss last and you kill the minions first. And the minions are just kind of like I say, uh basically health cubes. (laughs) So I don't know if I appreciated the use of miniatures like that. Like I think at least in Zombicide it was interesting that you could sometimes like split the zombies or something, you know, or just kind of, uh, it was definitely weird to just dump a bunch of miniatures and they all move together on the same space. Not, I didn't appreciate that too much, but um, yeah, I think it's kind of a lighter in my opinion. I haven't played too many dungeon crawl games, but it kind of felt like a lighter dungeon crawl game. Just kind of, um, just light and kind of fun, I guess. So yeah.
0: Yeah, there's not much to think about usually because usually, I mean, similar to Zombie Side, the this game comes down to timing or positioning. And so you just try to be in the right position at the right time and then roll the right dice.
1: <laughs> I actually almost wonder if you guys have tried like the Arcadia Quest, Arcadia Quest, all those like quest games, because I think they're very similar. Unfortunately, they do have take that so you can attack your fellow players, but you only get a benefit for doing it the first time. So if you're doing it more than once, I think you're just like griefing for no reason. But I think that's maybe an even more fun and like more arcadey type of uh, the same type of game think you might actually like it if you like massive darkness and games like that um sounds kind of interesting kind of reminded me of that a little bit but a little bit less yeah a little bit less arcade like uh the arcadia quest and all those games there's like five of them i think with different themes but they're all like basically kind of the same system and like uh they call them like chibi miniatures with like huge heads like tiny bodies or something uh but uh, yeah, that just kind of reminded me of that, but maybe with like slightly slower and slightly more timing is important. Uh, but yeah, that, I, I thought it was fine. Um, I was just kind of like meh about it, though. I don't know who would be um, excited about that game, but apparently the person who owned it. So, yep, <laughs> that's massive darkness <laughs> I, <laughs> for, for me. I own it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you own it as well? Nice, nice. Uh, well, I think yeah. you're. You have, I think for you it's also to just kind of play with family, though. So yeah, exactly. Maybe. So I think that's what it's kind of... I don't know if it's like so much of a gamer's game as maybe more like a play-with-your-family type of game, but Yeah, I don't
0: know. it's really not much of a game. It's more just kind of an experience.
1: Yeah. Um, just kind of so like roll some dice, have fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. And these are the types of games that I play with um, my brothers who are kind of in the D&D vein of, of yeah, yeah. gamers and so they, they tend to like these games and, and it's a nice overlap because I don't really go for D&D but this kind of gives a similar experience but with some board game rules so yeah yeah
1: yeah, Oh, I should say, uh, speaking of dice and rolling dice, the dice are pretty freaking swingy in this game. Um, I thought I'd played some swingy games, but this one is just kind of... At least there wasn't, like, multiplication, but the dice could be a difference of, like, what is it, 8 or 0, and... <laughs> You have, yeah. like, six health, so you could get yeah. hit for eight or zero sometimes. Uh, usually it's, like, somewhere in the middle, but sometimes it isn't, and it's just kind of crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I
0: remember <laughs> there was one of your turns, you used both of your actions to fight. You rolled, like, basically nothing and did no hits, and then the enemies counterattack you in this game. <laughs> and they hit and they you rolled, for ten. like,
1: eight, which was maximum, yeah. like, ten or something. They rolled yeah.
0: ten and killed you. <laughs> Yep. It's kind yeah. of
1: well, that's usually what happens in those games for me, but yeah, the usual.
0: Yeah, anyway, I mean the, yep, the swingy the dice for sure. Dice could be swingy because you can have items and weapons that use symbols on the dice to like add crazy effects. So
1: Yeah, I, it's basically kind of like a side that's like two, a side that's like five or something, and a side that's zero. So that's it's yep. Yeah, what you roll can be extremely important.
0: Yeah, Uh, well, speaking of games uh, that I don't play a lot or the types of games I don't play a lot, the next game I want to talk about is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. This is designed by Sherwin Matthews and published by Steamforge Games. Um, This is another, like, giant collection of miniatures with a game on the side uh, yeah
1: a little bit <laughs> of a game <laughs> mostly yeah. miniatures
0: yeah but uh so this is based on the a really popular uh, or at least really well i guess respected a game that did a, a playstation game that did really well horizon zero dawn and and the theme is you're off i guess i haven't played the video game but you're hunting monsters it's kind of like think an open world,
1: like dinosaurs, but it's like high tech or something. If I remember yeah, correctly, yeah, you have like explosives all... and exactly. weird like lasers and stuff.
0: Yeah, I guess I should clarify that when I say monsters, I mean they're they are robot dinosaurs, basically. Um, and what you, as far as I can gather, the theme is you are from you're trying to like gain the. Respect of hunter tribes, or something, and so you're just like fighting for glory to take down these these um, dinosaur robots and stuff. And so um, it's it's a semi co op game in that you're not necessarily you're not hitting each other. At least I'd never saw I didn't see a mechanism in the in the core box um, for like take that kind of stuff or direct take that. Um, but it's similar to the Bloodborne card game in that you're all trying to kind of take down these beasts, but you want to be the one that deals the final blow or or whatever so that you get more glory. <clears throat> um, so basically the way the game works is um, you just have this, uh, or the game is played over a series of encounters before you find like the final giant monster of... The of that particular hunt, and so you just play. I think a total of five mini encounters until you get to the end. And if you played all five at the same time or in one go, it'd probably be like a five or six hour game. And that's that's a lot of that's a lot of this game for one sitting. Um, but basically, there's uh, each encounter has like a certain number uh, of these dinosaur monsters and they each have different behaviors. And so you just try to use the terrain to your advantage to take these monsters down or take the dinosaurs down and salvage uh, parts from them. Uh, Because after you do each of these hunts, you go into this campfire phase where you can, it's essentially kind of a deck builder um, where you can go to this market and buy new, Uh, weapons and items and gear and things like that and uh you can also there's a sort of a tech tree for each character each character is asymmetric so they have kind of different abilities and and you want to build them to like any deck builder to to basically maximize and use their abilities so that you can hunt and gain glory in cool ways um the (laughs) the indirect take that is that as you learn the behavior of the different dinosaurs you're hunting you kind of try to uh, hit them and then trigger them in ways that will cause them to attack the other players <laughs> so there's indirect take that and um there's no player elimination but if if you basically if you your the, the deck of cards is your healths and if you start your turn and can't draw any more cards then you faint which means you're out for a round um and then you lose all your glory. So basically you try to accumulate glory, but not so much that everybody tries to wanna just like take you down, but you wanna be more than other people. So it's it I mean, it just has kind of that that dynamic. Um I don't think it's a bad game. I had fun playing it, but I, I think I like other games of this of this type. I have more fun playing them when I'm playing it with people who really like this type of game. Um, but you know, this isn't this isn't a game I would bring to. Uh, A a game night where everybody wants to is like accustomed to playing strategy euro games or something like that because it's just not there's not that depth of play to it but if you like deck building and you kind of like to just have fun smashing some some dinosaurs around and uh, laugh when people sitting next to you get clobbered because you woke some dinosaurs up and they're (laughs) like coming after you now it's just it can it can have some fun moments
1: yeah, I didn't play this game and I kind of have no idea what it is from what you were talking about. It kind of sounds like um, Arcadia Quest and Massive Darkness type game with kind of like arena brawling type stuff. So sounds interesting. Maybe I'll try it someday. I actually was interested because of the theme. I like the theme and I never played the game on uh, console, but um, it looks really good actually.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say that it's exactly like you said, it's it's that type of game. So if if you're in for that experience and you you don't mind throwing some dice around, the system in this game is actually pretty pretty fun. Um yeah. so I, I enjoyed my play of it, but like I said, um I think you'll have more fun with this type of game if you're playing it with people who generally enjoy this this genre. Yep. Anyway, that's uh that's Horizon Zero Dawn.
1: All right. Um just yesterday actually i played the game by a french designer who i didn't even really realize that i didn't know um actually yeah i didn't realize i didn't recognize the name is what i want to say really uh, from what i can see he's done the only game i recognize is actually shitenno um It's a nice split you choose area control game which i still haven't played but i'm very interested because it's uh, got unique mechanics uh it has kind of mixed reviews actually most of his games have mixed reviews another game is yggdrasil which was recently republished on the board game geek store i think it was like a rare game that got republished and a lot of people bought it but anyway his name's cedric lefebvre Febre. and uh, the game I actually played was Space Gate Odyssey. Uh, for some reason, I saw this game a couple of years ago and I was really interested in it because sci-fi, and also it had interesting mechanics, uh, really cool components as well, and I saw it on clearance recently, and I was just like, eh, for the price, I will just buy it and try it, and we played it. Uh, the game is um, uh, f- uh, f- action selection, actually, uh, which is not, very commonly used anymore, I don't know why, but uh, kind of the mechanic of Phrase for Galaxy Puerto Rico. Recently, Carnegie actually is maybe the biggest game that I've seen that's used this mechanic. Uh, The mechanic of action selection meaning someone selects an action and everyone gets to do the exact same action. Uh, However, in this game, the catch is uh, that you actually, usually, you do a better version of this action. In this game, you actually do a version of the action depending on how many meeples you have on a particular space. So actually the fine thing is you might you might do an action to set someone else up to so they're do, doing a better version of the action because they can do a better version of it. But sometimes you just kind of have to do it to like load meeples into it so that you kind of start doing a better action in the future, and you have a limited supply of meeples that you can move around. So it kind of evens out uh, like the, the, between the different actions. I mean, you might cause someone to do a better action than you, but maybe they cause you to do a better action than and them throughout the game and it all kind of like I say evens out uh, so the game is all about setting up the space station thematically we've discovered some kind of space gates uh, it reminds me of like a Stargate type sp- uh, story but the space gates have to be built in space. Uh, They can't be built on earth. So we have a space station. That's the excuse of why you're building a bunch of tiles in front of you and people are coming into them and they're like moving to the space gates in your space station. So they arrive through like airlocks and they have to move to the space gates where they get sent to planets and the planets have different kind of conditions for being loaded and scoring. So the whole game is just figuring out how to pump people from the airlocks to the space gates as quickly as possible. It is kind of interesting though, because there's a spatial puzzle and a lot of the the boards uh, that I mentioned with the action selections actually just moving around meeples around your space station there's also some upgrades involved uh basically you can move meeples instead of scoring to kind of upgrade so the decision at the beginning of the game is like do i want to start scoring fast or hopefully get some upgrades to kind of have like a better mid late game I think the game, generally the complaint that I see is it's kind of boring and it kind of goes on for a while. I can kind of agree with it, even though I personally kind of enjoyed the game. I think there's plenty to kind of think about. We didn't really have like really huge AP situations, which um, I was kind of hoping don't happen with this kind of game because you can totally see how someone wants to analyze like how much they're giving to other people the game could really drag but i don't think we had that issue i think everyone was moving at a pretty decent pace and i think that's probably the best way to play the game uh One thing I would say if you're playing it for the first time it has this like reorganization token where it says like for the first few games include this so people are not frustrated with how their space station is designed or something because you can kind of make some mistakes. But what ended up happening is we were kind of using it to kind of break the game. So I think you probably shouldn't play with this token kind of ever because what everyone did was like, they set up their engine tiles close to where people come in at the beginning and they activated them. And then they set up their like phase gates next to, uh, phase gates, I keep calling them phase gates, uh, space gates next to the airlocks where people are coming in. through the reorganization token so i feel like it kind of broke the curve of the game where there's a spatial puzzle of like putting your upgrades or space gates close to kind of get your either scoring or engine going fast and everyone kind of like cheated in a way by just kind of skipping the spatial puzzle in some ways so it was kind of a more dull experience i'd say maybe don't even like include those tokens to reorganize the space station unless like you're playing with like really beginning gamers or gamers or something, but um, yeah, overall, actually, for me, it was kind of a fun game. Uh, I don't know if I'd play it like every day or something, it's not that type of game, but I think I'm really happy to pull it out once in a while. And the mechanics are actually pretty easy to explain, the whole game is kind of easy to explain. Uh, But yeah, overall I liked it. I think it's a fine game. I think it's actually uh, kind of appropriate for its ratings. It's not like amazingly outstanding, but it's also not bad. I think it's very like uh, just decent. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know that, well uh, Solid, I don't
0: know if solidly if, decent
1: <laughs> solidly decent i don't know if that sounds like uh this to the game but i mean that i can see kind of how it how it can be uh just kind of unpleasant an unpleasant game for people maybe who don't like the mix of mechanics that it has but i i had fun with it i think it's uh it's a good game so yeah, uh, also the components are really cool. Like it has these meeples and they're like transparent, and you can dress them up in spacesuits, slide them in, and it's, that's just kind of a lot of fun. Oh, it has like a cardboard insert which I spent half an hour putting together. It's very elaborate, so looks good. Maybe it actually looks better than it needs to. <laughs> in in a lot of ways like was that was that insert really necessary i don't think so you could just stack the tiles in three different piles but they wanted to stack them vertically and yeah kind of overkill but yeah that's space gate odyssey cool
0: i haven't i don't think i'd ever even heard of that one but it sounds interesting
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you only hear about it if you pay attention to games, because this game, like a lot of his games, I think in general, kind of flew under the radar and was quickly forgotten. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well, those are some games played. Next, let's talk about three kinds of games to play at a game convention. All right, so what prompted this discussion is the upcoming Saltcon end of summer 2021 taking place um in the Salt Lake area, well, just north of Salt Lake. Um basically 3 days of gaming. <laughs> so lots of lots of good opportunities to to play games and and discover new things, revisit old games. Um so we thought it would be cool to kind of talk about uh games that that we think are are good candidates to use up your time at these conventions cuz you know if if you're like me or aristo or your your game spent away from uh your time spent away from work and life doing games can be somewhat limited sometimes and so sometimes it could be good to make good choices when you're at a convention to use your time wisely
1: um yeah i don't know if my choices are necessarily good so to speak but yeah uh, <laughs> it's I was just, just generally how i like uh, maybe spending yeah. my gaming time at conventions possibly <laughs>
0: As I was saying that I was fun. like as I was saying that I was like, Oh, I don't know if, if Risto has trouble with this because Risto basically plays like games all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, my list is more about just kind of the well, types of games that I want to play, not specific game titles I'll mention some game titles, but they're not like really uh, good games, just kind of an example, Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it when it yeah, comes gonna time to it. Yeah, he's going to talk about a
0: bunch of bad games.
1: <laughs> yep, basically no, some of them are good, some of them are bad they're just kind of uh, games to play at board game conventions, apparently so, yeah.
0: First game that kind is bad games. Play bad games at
1: conventions. <laughs> is that your number three bad games? No. <laughs> number three.
0: My number three is games that are hard to get to the table normally. Now that's, that's kind of... which
1: way, though? That's the yeah. interesting part.
0: See, that's painting with broad strokes because... Y- different games can be difficult to get to the table for different reasons. Um, So for example, (laughs) it could be generally general. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is how I get all my (laughs) topics in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean the, the two things that immediately come to mind are large games um, that, you know, are, are difficult to teach um, or, you, you know, because maybe, you don't have a gaming group that plays heavier types of games or longer types of games all the time. And so a convention could be your only opportunity to play those because if you're at a convention, odds are there's enough people there that you're going to be able to find someone who could be interested in playing that game with you. So you could, uh, organize a specific event to play that game or, you know, post in the forums leading up to the event and organize, uh, to try to play that game. Um, I, I, the games that come to mind are not so hard to get to the table in, in our particular gaming group, but you know, like these large Vital Lacerda games, or maybe you've got a campaign game, like you want to play all of Gloomhaven Jaws, the lion in a weekend or, you know, whatever it may be campaign games. Uh, If it, if it's difficult for you to get those to the table, I think a convention is a fantastic place to try that out because you've got a lot of people with probably similar interests coming to the same spot for a couple of days.
1: Yeah, there might be some overlap here, (laughs) just saying, (laughs) just in general in our topics, but uh, yeah, that's fine. Yep, sounds good to me. Uh, Yeah, my first category is I'd say games with unusual mechanics is what I put down. Uh, For some reason, for me, that tends to be kind of real-time games, because I consider them maybe the most experimental type of (laughs) board games out there uh because usually you don't play real-time games what came to mind when I was thinking about it is games like four gods uh caro that we played last time we were planning on playing pendulum this uh year jetpack joyride uh just kind of a silly game uh but I'd say even like games like Inuit or just kind of uh, bother games with mechanics that you're just kind of innovative. They may be innovative, but you're not sure about. Actually, I would love to play. There's a game where you hang, a, I think it's called around the, no, something around the sun. Uh, a game where you hang hang a, a pendulum from the ceiling, actually. then um, you're supposed to literally hang it from like a string uh, from the ceiling and you swing it between uh, things. And I think you they're supposed to just like uh, swing it between particular pieces game pieces kind of a dexterity game obviously but yeah that just might games. be difficult
0: in a convention in uh, yeah, you need a
1: really long string and <laughs> yeah. it's not really gonna work very well because yeah. it's supposed to swing faster it's gonna be like a very slow swing so,
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah, <laughs> yeah but that you can, can play see. like a, a large version of that game
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, giant version or something. That'd be kind of scary, actually. Just, like, knock people out. But, uh, yeah. The games with unusual mechanics is what I would say um, that you maybe not don't even want to buy but uh just kind of experience maybe one time as a novelty i think uh, some of those games i think have lasting power actually that did did end up getting four gods but i think some of them might be just like a novelty that you play a couple of times and you're kind of done with them uh it's kind of gimmicky a little bit uh actually games with gimmicks would be really good fit in this category i think i can think of some of them they kind of stopped doing them lately actually uh for some reason Maybe, maybe it's because people catch on to uh, them being gimmicky games. But I haven't seen like a <laughs> really good example well. of like a Via Appia or something like a game where you like push discs with a rake or just, you know just something like weird like that. I haven't seen anything like that for a while. Pendulum maybe that's the, like the only one, and we're planning on playing it this year. So yeah, games with unusual mechanics uh, expand your horizons. Try something weird. <laughs> that's my number three. Number two.
0: Speaking of expanding your horizons and trying something maybe weird, uh, my number two is games that you're thinking about buying or oh. games that maybe you've caught your attention and you haven't played yet, but uh, you know, you're know you just kind of like on the fence as to whether you're going to buy them. Um, so this could be – it doesn't have to be new games, right? It could be any game in the conventions library um, that maybe comes with a bit of a price tag or any price tag at all, (laughs) if if you're just kind of on the fence about buying it. But uh, typically, uh, you know, I know at SaltCon in particular, there's some a lot of the very popular games from from publishers uh are are gifted to the or some in some way given to the convention library and so we have uh at these conventions usually the uh hot games uh that are coming out i know for example this year at saltcon uh the hot games section which is going to be running all three days uh has games like praga kaput rick Regni, Beyond the Sun, uh, Merv, Steampunk Rally, Kanban EV, Mercado de Lisboa, Lost Ruins of Arnak, Viscounts of the West Kingdom, and, and several others. So you know that's that's a really good opportunity to try those games out before you spend money on them to see if to see if you like them. And then uh, you know it like I said it doesn't have to be new ones. You could just go in and browse the. Uh, the collection in the library and just see try to find the games that you've wanted to play for a long time and and see if you like them and then determine whether you want to buy them or not so i think that the that a convention is a really good opportunity to play games for free without having to buy them first
1: yep for sure that was an extremely boring uh Type of game, so I decided to not include it.
0: Uh, I knew you weren't going to, so I did. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs>
1: Instead, I'd have something silly actually as number one, and you'll probably laugh at it. But anyway, uh, yeah, but I agree for sure. Yeah, you, um, it goes kind of without saying. That's why I kind of didn't include it. It's like, yeah, you'd obviously want to try games that you are thinking about buying, I think. Uh, <laughs> that you're on the fence about especially if they're expensive i'd say like something with lots of miniatures or something as a high price tag i think like that's more like of a mistake if you don't like it <laughs> yeah. and if you buy it so the stakes are higher yeah. so i should probably uh try it at, at the convention first yeah, but anyway, the stakes
0: yeah. are really high if the game has a terrible resale value
1: because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm thinking of a particular basically, title here so yeah
0: yeah basically if, if the game uh that you want if just look at the resale market and if it if there's a lot of copies and they don't seem to be selling then then maybe you ought to try that one before you decide that you hate it
1: (laughs) yeah and especially if the game is called ether
0: fields (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah try Uh,
1: that at the convention first I'd, i'd say uh not i don't know that that'd be a weird game to try at the convention actually i think it needs like some kind of atmosphere or something and maybe those thematic games i think are not really best at conventions but maybe people would disagree i don't know
0: for that game you just have to kind of be prepared to hate your life for a few hours
1: (laughs) uh yeah well anyway uh my number two really is uh, games which it's kind of a slightly an overlap with trevor but i'll say games which take many people to play in particular and are kind of a commitment or games that are kind of experimental and usually experimental games that take like a lot of people to play that's what i would say sometimes there's convention games like that i think like two rooms in a and the boom or something they re- i never participated in it but i think they played like a 50 person team versus a 50 person team or something i'm not sure if that was a two rooms in a boom no it's some kind of game with like uh, a, a bomb or something that you're diffusing, maybe maybe I'm maybe it is two rooms but anyway games like that that are like experimental or just weird or take a lot of people to play actually even games that just take a lot of people to play because I don't know if uh, people are blessed with like really large game groups that uh, come together consistently but uh, convention is usually one of the few times to play games which take like more than six people usually for me at least especially with the pandemic and stuff as people are kind of coming back to conventions uh games like social deduction games or like social experience games like blood, blood on the clock tower kind of comes to mind uh games which are commitments also like dune i think that best uh, that game is not imperium the regular the original dune 1980 reprinted in last year uh those kind of games where they need like kind of need six people i think to play best and take like three hours to play plus those are the kinds of games that usually i think people are more prone to play at conventions sometimes it does feel kind of like a little bit of a waste of time though to a game like that um, i generally like playing a lot of smaller games at conventions so but i think getting like one or two of those games in especially if you like them a lot um it's there de- is definitely worthwhile uh also the weird experiments i was actually thinking about you know uh, welcome to i don't know if you ever saw that game or played it actually but on the box it says one through 99 players or one through 100 players the reason is you can literally play the game with as many players as you want really the rules are kind of the same It just kind of but not uh, more than 100 everyone works off of the same information but not more than 100 why because there's a hundred pieces of paper in the box so literally you can play welcome to all the way through one one box one time if you do it at the convention with 100 people or something that would probably feel like something like a a bingo type experience or something i would say but uh those are the kind of weird stuff that sometimes when it's like late (laughs) at the convention someone does or just you participated just for the for the weirdness so yeah uh generally good good time at a convention to do that so yeah that's my number two many people and or a commitment and or some weird weirdness weird experimental experience type games
0: yeah that's a good category i think that those types of games um Ten, in my opinion, are kind of more boring in an average game night, but at a convention can be really hilarious and fun, especially if you play them really late at night. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a good pick.
1: Number one.
0: Uh, my number one is. Conventions are a good time and probably the only time to do play to win games slash competitions. Um, So if you want to test your skills out for one of your favorite games, um, usually there's a prize at the end of that competition to win a copy of a game. Um, Or sometimes if you play a game, you're just entered in kind of a raffle to win it. Um, So that could be another way to experience games. I mean, there's kind of a lot of overlap between everything here, but it's another way to experience games that you're kind of looking at. Or, you know, if it's a game you've been playing a long time, I I think at SaltCon we've got er, competitions from anything ranging from uh, Great Western Trail to Seven Wonders to probably Sushi Go or Codenames. So there's just like all sorts of competitions competitions uh it's a fun way to meet new people and play play different games and then there's the prospect of winning a game at the end which adds some excitement uh so i think that the that's a good type of game to play at a convention is and yeah that's not so limited to the type of game it's kind of the setting in which you play it but it counts (laughs)
1: I was kind of laughing because if you win a tournament at a game, you win a copy of the game. And the funny thing is, if you won the game, you're probably pretty good at it and already have it and have played it a hundred times. So maybe not not the best prize, I would say. So maybe they should rethink that idea, if you know what I mean. But the play to win section is actually really good. I am interested in a couple of play to win games uh, this year, and I'll probably play them uh, as well. So, yep. Uh, I don't know if every convention does it, but SaltCon does it, basically, like Trevor was saying, you just play it and then give your name and it's a random winner of the game at the end. Yeah, but good times, yep. And this is the, speaking of late night games, this is the joke topic uh, that I wanted to plug, maybe just because of SaltCon, but Dexterity Games! (laughs) <laughs> That's my number yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> I so... knew you're
0: gonna do this, so I didn't include it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, there is a dexterity section at SaltCon. I think actually it is a good idea because uh, with a regular game night, maybe you don't have this problem if you're in your house or something. But uh, we actually usually play like at the game store or something and it's kind of a pain to bring dexterity games usually because they take some time to set up and they're kind of large and kind of heavy and kind of cumbersome and you set them up to play like a 10-minute game there's a really cool area at saltcon where you can play dexterity games which are already set up and there's uh, also kind of giant versions or larger versions of them and that's even more fun I think Uh, so you can kind of go there and just try a bunch of Different games uh, which are already set up for you and maybe you'll also meet other people who are interested in them but uh, I think a lot of people ignore it because it seems like it's kind of like kids games or silly but I think uh, those games could be just really a lot of fun uh, maybe to decompress or take a little bit of a break uh, I think they're just kind of silly and cool I like dexterity games in general I generally like actually kind of stacking games uh, which are more kind of a little bit more I'd say it's like strategic and careful and slow and quiet uh, the dexterity games that's all kind at of the front uh, are mostly kind of speed or flicking type games uh, which are kind of generally louder but still uh, nevertheless i think they're a lot of fun to play and um i think especially if you're going to salt con or if your convention has a similar area where you are uh, there's a bunch of dexterity games set up just kind of try them their the rules are actually obvious or really easy uh if they look scary or something and they they're more fun to play i'd say than they look sometimes because sometimes you're just like well the how dumb is that you know as far as like Uh, the rules or the way the game looks but when you start playing it it's kind of just like uh, adrenaline and fun so yep that's my number one dexterity games
0: I'm gonna do my my second number one is the, the type of game or the kind of game is bunk
1: that's it (laughs) <laughs> yep, Bonk is the dexterity <laughs> game of choice for Saltcon. Uh we'll it's see. So good. We'll see oh, if there's a rematch this year.
0: <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> or next year
1: or something if not this year.
0: Yeah, we've got to we've got to get your voice into supersonic levels again.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: okay all right well those are uh three kinds of games to look out for and play at at, at a convention and um if anybody listening is going to be at salt Con this year harissa and i will be around and we'll be teaching uh one of us at least will be teaching every evening from four to eight i think in the hot games yep. area so we'll be teaching praga kaput regni um Beyond, Beyond the, the
1: Sun and Beyond God's of Dinosaurs. Yeah, and God's of Dinosaurs.
0: Yep. So we'll be there teaching, so come hang out and uh, play bunk.
1: <laughs> Judging from my recent board game arena history, I think I'm going to be also playing Beyond the Sun a lot, so you can probably meet me at that table most of the convention, to be honest. We'll see. We'll see how it goes.
0: How many times have you played on board game arena uh, so far?
1: Probably like 30 or something. I don't know. I'm getting up there.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, you might not even be fun to play with anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah it's probably true. <laughs>
0: so, I, no, I, I don't think... know.
1: I think I think the game is kind of a little bit lucky enough to where anyone can really do it. But yeah, I pretty yeah, much like you... know most of the techs and stuff.
0: Yeah, but you know how to like rapid fire people who are doing things that matter. Yeah. So. Yep. I think I'm going to refrain from playing that game with you and I'll go do other <laughs> things. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, probably at SaltCon, maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. But yeah, I really I like the game I- anyway.
0: I think I will resign from playing that game with you. <laughs> you,
1: you can probably find Trevor, I'm guessing, at Praga Kaput Regni, as my guess, or Ticano, actually. Wasn't Ticano also a hot uh, game? I think. Oh, they they, did it not was supposed get it. to be. I yeah. think it was supposed to be, but they didn't get it yet. But maybe someone has a copy or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you'll find me playing Praga or Merv or probably Viscounts, actually. I want to play Viscounts more.
1: Yeah, Vicounts is fine. We actually recently played it, and yeah, it's actually, a good game. Actually, I
0: have it, so I might not play it there. But <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I have a lot of the games that they're going to be playing in the hot games area. So, um, but yeah, I'll—I uh, definitely, you'll find me at the Praga table. Uh, you'll find me probably in that hot games area because they have a bunch of good games this year.
1: They generally do, yeah. It's good. They have good picks generally.
0: All right, so let's move on to games on the horizon. Uh, I think I'm going to temporarily rename this to Expansions on My Horizon because everything I have to talk about today are expansions, so I'll just go through them really quickly. Uh, It's all about the alchemists. Uh, I'm really looking forward to trying the King's Golem, which is the first and only expansion, I think, to alchemists. Uh, Really, this is a kind of a modular expansion so it's got four things in this box that you can add to the game one is startup funding where basically you're dealt a a certain number of cards at the beginning of the game and you just kind of choose starting resources so it gives you a little bit of control over how you start the game um the another one is called busy days which basically allows you I mean it changes every round by having overlays on the um, turn order spaces so you're not getting the same rewards every time it switches so you might get gold one turn you might get ingredients another turn uh, you might get reputation another turn so it changes the incentives to cha- to pick different turn orders which I think could be interesting that's like you said earlier in the show um, I think that's probably adding a bit more game to this game Um, then another expansion here is called the Royal Encyclopedia which is adding an entirely new venue for publishing your research so basically what you're doing is instead of publishing by ingredient you can publish by colors Um, so it adds a a new way to use information uh, that you gain during the game so maybe you know something about colors but you're not so, so super sure about ingredients um and then the fourth expansion in this box uh basically adds a challenge of animating um the the golem which just adds another thing to your uh your deduction sheet of you try to figure out which ingredients will fully animate the golem so it just adds another layer of deduction into the game so yeah Like you said earlier, it it just kind of makes the game more of a game, and I think I will really like that. So it is in the mail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, cool. Uh, Sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to try that one uh, soon. The next expansion I'm looking forward to is card called. Well, I'm kind of like. kind of looking forward to it uh, uh
1: by the way alchemist the king gold king's golem takes it to 459 out of five weight yeah Maybe like the, the highest weight <laughs> game that i've seen it's probably a subset of people who obviously have played the core the base game but that's insanely high so how many people have rated
0: this I actually
1: wonder. uh a thousand people it's more than you think usually that's expansions are not paying people but it's pretty good yeah it's like a 1.1k ratings so yeah it's popular wow. expansion but yeah, yeah that, 459
0: that actually insane. might be the highest weight game rating from bgg i've ever played probably yeah, maybe i don't know i don't know if any other game i've played has that high of a rating i'd have to check yep uh, should
1: be pretty crazy the, but well, uh, the base game's already hard enough to explain this is going to take it to the next level i guess
0: Oh yeah, it's gonna take us all night.
1: <laughs> no. yep. uh,
0: the next e- expansion I'm looking forward to is called On Mars Alien Invasion. This is actually launching on Kickstarter on July 15th. This is uh, the shortest way to explain it is it's a four chapter kind of story to play of On Mars, and it makes so basically a bunch of aliens are invading Mars. So there's some sort of I don't know a whole lot about the mechanisms, but I like On Mars a lot, the game. Uh, So basically, the first chapter would be a one versus all scenario, actually. So it'll be some interesting, hopefully, mechanism whereby one person fights everybody. Maybe one person plays the aliens. Um, Then there will be the second chapter is Outbreak, which is a cooperative scenario. The third chapter is called Blackout, which is another cooperative scenario. And then the fourth chapter is a solo-only mission um so i don't know i think i'm just more curious than anything to see what happens with this expansion because i really really like on mars but if this i mean if if co2 is any indication i may not i I don't know maybe the co-op will be good maybe the first chapter will kind of suck with 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 one versus all but i don't know uh because the the version of co2 the competitive version i did not like which is the same designer vital lacerda but the cooperative version i really liked so maybe bringing some cooperation into this on mars game will be cool i don't know have you looked at this or heard of
1: it at all no, however, I was going to say, there's actually a demo scheduled for the one versus many modes, which I'm very curious about. Like you say, what the heck are we they gonna do with that? Sounds crazy but uh it's all gone um, it's already full unfortunately i requested like uh, maybe i'll get in but maybe i'll just kind of walk by and kind of watch it for a little bit maybe that might be a better experience i'm not even sure i want to like really play it i just kind of want to see kind of what it is but it's an alpha test of the game so very very interesting uh by the way speaking of which there aren't also that many games with there's only like two pages of games that have above four weight and I've actually played a lot of them, not surprisingly. But uh, you might be surprised at some of them. There's a bunch of splatter games and stuff. On Mars is actually 464, so you have played oh, you a go. higher game than that. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Going back to On Mars, yeah, uh, that sounds extremely weird. I'm not sure if it's going to be any good. I would like to look at it first. So, yep, that's that's all I can <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it w- it will be live on Kickstarter in a couple of days, so I'll be looking at it closely. And let's be nice. honest, I'm probably just going to get it because I want to try it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then the last one I wanted to bring up really quickly is called Rise of Ix. This is the first expansion for Dune Imperium, and I'm excited for this one because I hope it uh, addresses some of my concerns with the game. Uh, basically, what this expansion is going to add is uh, the Technocratic Society of Ix. So it's going to add some new Imperium, Intrigue, and Conflict cards. I think there are six new leaders for all, across all three of the houses. Um, and two of those will be... Um, sorry, it, uh, it's just adding the new house. Or something. Anyway, um, it's also adding some new meca- mechanisms uh one mechanism is called the dreadnought so it's a war machine that's going to be participating in battle like the troops uh, but they offer more firepower and they're indestructible they can also take uh, control of the locations on arrakis uh, which could cause people to have to give you stuff when they use those actions um it costs... I think it costs Solari to construct these dreadnoughts, so it looks like there are there's entering into the game some way to spend Solari, which I think is something that the game needs, because there are not enough ways to spend it unless you have the right cards, which doesn't happen frequently. Um, the game also adds... or the expansion also adds Ixian technology tiles, which I think are... Um, kind of engine focused. So the two that they revealed in the announcement, um, well, they caught all of these tech tiles cost spice to get. So you have more ways to spend spice Um, rather than just converting them into, in those like two action spaces on the board. You have more ways to spend them by buying technologies. One of the, the tiles they revealed says when you win a conflict, you get a water. Another one says at the start of the round, you draw a card and at the end of the game, it's worth a point if you have at least two of the Spice Must Flow cards. Um, so it looks like they're adding in some elements to the game too, that kind of bolster weaker parts of the game, I'm hoping. Um, I'm not expecting a drastic overhaul that will address every concern uh, that I and others had with the with the base game, which I still enjoy, but I am... Looking forward to seeing what this does to the system, at least.
1: Yeah, I liked the game, actually, at first, but I've kind of very cooled on it after the last couple of games, which were kind of kind of bad experiences with it. Uh, I kind of wish, actually, that they would not release expansions, but something like a second edition, but that'd be really bad after, like, <laughs> the first game has been released. Because I was just thinking, like, you know, all this cool stuff, and you can still choose to play someone from the original game, like a leader from the original game, like would you, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of weaker, compared to the new stuff that's coming out you know i don't know that at least that's what it feels like to me so it's kind of weird to be mixing kind of the base game asymmetric abilities with new asymmetric abilities that are geared towards the expansion and kind of allow them to be in the expansion you know what I mean maybe you should just just play with the expansion leaders or something i don't know uh, that those are kind of my thoughts about the game but yeah I can see how they're going to kind of uh, let you spend money on other places and I think the flags were a little bit lame so so they're probably like yeah we need more flags type mechanics where people can take over locations I think that's interesting uh, didn't say that they're doing anything to the market which was in my opinion kind of not great but there's a new character that can like trash a lot of cards I think their signature ring is like trash a card or something or uh, I remember them advertising it as like you can really shape your deck with with that guy Uh, so maybe he's gonna like do something to the market but that's like a character doing something to the market as opposed to the market designed differently (laughs) so if that character is not in the game you're playing the same game so it's just like all those things are just kind of like what the heck is this you know so I don't know it's it's fine but um, yeah like I say I've unfortunately kind of cooled on it Uh, but yeah Sure, I'll try. Yeah, I wonder, sometime. I wonder how
0: much, um, how much leeway they have because obviously this game is licensed. So I wonder, like, how how closely the powers that be that granted the license are paying attention and like controlling like, what the they can release. Design? I
1: don't not know. To,
0: not, not to game design, but like what they can do and or what they can release. I mean, like. You wouldn't do a second edition like a year oh, after releasing the game? No,
1: there's, there's like no way they're going to do a second <laughs> edition because they just released the game. Everyone would be like, what the heck is this? Uh, but it kind of feels like there should be a second edition to the game or something, you know. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like to me or I wish would happen instead of like kind of batching it up with yeah. expansions well, the, in a way. The
0: market thing just could be solved by just like a rule change. Which yeah. they which they could do through errata
1: yeah i don't know no it's it's fine i don't really want the game to change if they want it to be the game that it is then it's fine it's just like their vision of what the game should be is just kind of maybe i disagree with it so uh anyway it's just like i'm just questioning like you know releasing new leaders with abilities specific to the expansion and allowing the old ones to still be in and like allowing the old cards to still be in is it all going to work out who knows <laughs> We'll we'll see i guess you know Yeah, because you don't want the deck
0: to become too diluted. Yeah, if there's if there's things that are incompatible with uh, other.
1: Yeah, Other no, they're not going to be incompatible, but they're going to be kind of more boring, I think. Yeah, same same as the intrigue cards. You can draw a new intrigue card that's, like, cool and exciting, or an old one. Are they all, like, balanced? I don't know if they were balanced to begin with. It's just kind of, you know, those are the floating questions in my head when I heard about it. So yeah, yeah. I don't
0: know that they designed the intrigue cards with balance in mind.
1: Yep, you <laughs> I don't say. I think they, they
0: designed, they, they designed <laughs> the intrigue cards with effects in mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with effects in mind, yeah. Oh, that's fine yep for sure yep yep anyway that's Dune I guess yeah do you have anything else?
0: nope that's it for me
1: uh, I actually kind of really struggled to find games that I'm looking forward to. Uh, there, I haven't seen anything on Kickstarter that's been overly exciting lately. There's something called Forest of Pangaea, which uh, is actually recently closing, so I probably should look at it. Looks uh, really cool, I really like kind of abstract games like that. Unfortunately, I did not dig into the rules too much, but the presentation of it is very appealing. It almost seems like something like... Uh, Photosynthesis, but not so constrained and abstract, maybe hopefully slightly more fun. as opposed to feeling like chess, because uh, Photosynthesis has really cool components, but it definitely feels like chess. Maybe this is like I say more uh, just kind of whimsical and uh, probably still competitive obviously as a board game, but you know, not so like tight as far as actions that you have to do. Uh, like I say, I really kind of like what I'm seeing on the Kickstarter. Unfortunately, I did not dig into the uh, rules too much. But there was a game that I actually noticed a couple of days ago. It's closed on Kickstarter. Uh, it's called Overstocked. Uh, the theme of the game is kind of really silly. Uh, you're basically stocking these like animals, uh, toys, toys, toys from the 90s. And you can kind of recognize what the toys are. If you look at the pictures like uh, yo-yos, Tamagotchis, and you know, like, it's just kind of silly, silly theme. Uh, But I thought the rules actually sounded really clever. I thought the game sounded really clever, a very minimalistic game uh, with just cards and some clever scoring mechanics around them but I, I thought it sounded really cool and uh, what I was surprised about is it didn't really do that well on Kickstarter, I don't know if it was maybe a pricing issue, uh, they did have kind of a lot of uh, high shipping to the US so that's why I didn't do it but I'm actually really hoping that this game makes it to retail because I really like uh, actually the look of it and the mechanics and it sounded really interesting. And actually, uh, the base game is just extremely simple, but they had kind of modules that I think are going to just spice it up just a little bit. I think it could be like a really cool 20 minute card game type of game. It's like really, like I say, I was just kind of really impressed. I was like, wow, this is just sounds really, really well done. And the art looks really good, but like I say, for some reason, it didn't do very well. So just a uh, p- p- strange Kickstarter case. Maybe Kickstarter is getting like uh, over, uh, what's the word, too, too many things on it. Bloated. Over Bloated or, is a word uh, for it. Saturated, or, saturated, saturated is the exact word that I'm. Maybe Kickstarter is getting saturated with like uh, good games, or maybe they, did, they just didn't do very a good job of like promoting it or something. But I I kind of sometimes see those kinds of games. Sometimes I actually see games that are really well promoted, but they're not that good looking. Uh, this one actually looks really good but maybe it wasn't promoted as much. So kind of the the, the more unfortunate case I think. But yeah uh, Overstocked. Uh, hopefully this game makes it to retail in the US someday. Um, not just in England. It's, it looks like it's going to be published in, Engl- in England at least. So we'll see we'll see. But uh, that's kind of what caught my eye over the last couple of weeks. Overstocked. So, actually, in closing, we wanted to say that uh, we are going to be at SaltCon, not just teaching games, but we have a podcast scheduled to be recorded. Uh, We're giving away some games, so definitely show up, because there's going to be a raffle for, I think, Tawantinsuyu. And what else is it, Trevor? I forgot.
0: Yes, we'll be giving away Tawantinsuyu and Lost Ruins of Arnak.
1: Nice. Yeah, so currently we're scheduled for Friday. Uh, just kind of be on the lookout at the event scheduled. Definitely stop by, and we are looking forward to meeting you at SaltCon. We're going to be at Twilight 4 at 8 p.m. on Friday, and we're looking forward to meeting you there.
0: Yeah, so come out and have a good time with us. Talk about some games. Should be fun. Yep. Win a game, and then go play some games. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Cards and Cubes has been a production of Pod Cauldron. Check out some other great podcasts on the Pod Cauldron Network, including Bub Club, a horror movie podcast, Rabble Rabble Rabble, a comedic look at current events, and Steady Diet of Music, a bi-weekly fix of opinions by musicians. You can get a hold of Cards and Cubes via email. Cards and Cubes podcast at gmail.com or visit our website www.cardsandcubes.com we'd like to thank kirsten adams for designing our logo find more of kirsten's art on instagram at cat coffee that's k-a-t-c-o-f-f-e-e we'd also like to thank lindsey hobbs for composing the theme and thank all of you for listening and we will return in a couple of weeks